the fact that you had like two black women as leads on Thursday night and the show was like about them was a big deal. I mean, and it honestly, like it's still a big deal because I can't think of a show right now that's airing where the black woman is a lead. Mm-hmm. No, that's I, real. That's I can't think of it. I don't know. Um, and I'm, and, and like before some, and before people are like, give me a bunch of like mixed race girls with like loose curls and light skin. I'm talking about visibly black, unambiguously black. Um, uh, monoracial girls. Mono, yeah, monoracial. Uh, Carrie Washington or darker black girls. That's who I'm talking about. Thank you. This is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is a podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to, and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after the episode outtakes curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Today we'll be finishing up our discussion on ABC's groundbreaking political drama, Scandal. It's a conundrum how Scandal managed to stay on air past the first two seasons. And today, Em and I will be reviewing seasons five through seven of this unexpected game changer. Stay tuned. You guys, just a quick refresher. This this show lasted seven seasons on ABC, 124 episodes. So we're going to get down to the meat of it. How, how did this show keep surviving? Let's jump right into season five. Excellent branding. Because I remember by now they had the whole like TGIT with like, you know, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. I remember that. Shonda owned Thursdays on ABC. No, it was. She's like, she did that. She's she's it. But girl, it was terrible. <laughs> this show was so bad. I like just watching it. I was just like, it, listen, we were caught up in a fervor. <laughs> like we really were. Mm. Just caught up in a fervor of like, you know, Shonda and seeing a black woman, you know, making it and because she was very much a part of her brand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like visib- visibly. In fact, this is Shonda being like the face 
to to some extent um of of you know her shows and and Mindy Kaling and all these people this is like sort of what I was talking about and I was talking about it with somebody who now I've forgotten but I was saying how like now around this time you and especially and even now we've had like a big shift in terms of celebrity like it's no longer about like the star of your show it's about the creator of your show like mm-hmm. there's just as much celebrity now surrounding um a Shonda Rhimes or a Ryan Murphy or a Damon Lindelof I can't say his name um uh, as there is um, there's just as much sort of like celebrity around them as there is around the actual star or the show itself. Right. Um, I definitely think that you're right. There's something to be said for great branding. Um, and, you know, the fact that Shonda Rhimes was a black woman and characters like Olivia and Annalise were black women and they were at the focal point of her shows. I think that did something for the target demographic. We wanted to see them, even though, as I said on our last episode, these characters are deeply unhappy people. (laughs) It's that. It's also something that you were saying before um, in conversation with me about we black women were just so starved for representation and we still are. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the fact that you had like two black women as leads on Thursday night and the show was like about them was a big deal. I mean, and it honestly, like it's still a big deal because I can't think of a show right now that's airing where the black woman is a lead. Mm-hmm. No, that's I, real. That's real. I can't think of it. I don't know. Um, and I'm, and, and like before some, and before people are like, give me a bunch of like mixed race girls with like loose curls and light skin. I'm talking about, visibly black unambiguously black um uh, monoracial girls mono yeah monoracial uh carrie washington or darker black girls that's who i'm talking about thank you because i know y'all gonna come at me they love to pretend these people's white parents or asian parents don't exist but okay okay. (laughs) um it's that as well that you know I think really just took this show to the top and let it stay on top. Um, what I was saying is it does matter because. So season five is interesting. So we, we left off with like season four. Don't ask me what happened in season four. Cause I don't know, you know, stuff happened. Uh, it, <laughs> it was extremely convoluted and essentially the show is trying to like reboot itself. The show was like, okay, season four, that was, a no, so let's get back to something. And mm-hmm. they hold on to like Olivia and Fitz as like this is like the core of our show and this is what we're doing. But by now, like I am so uninvested in this relationship. Um, I hate both of them. <laughs> I don't like either of them. I don't care about this relationship. And I guess they're just hoping that off the strength of Tony and, and Carrie that like, I'm going to be reinvested. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know, friends. It's, it's, it's something different. We, so the season opener of season five is this terrible princess Diana episode. 
Don't ask me why anybody thought this was a good idea. Don't ask mm. me why this was written. Don't ask me. Um, it is in such terrible taste. Like, essentially, they're like, essentially, it's like a meditation on Princess Diana, but like, I don't need your meditation, especially from the writers of this show. I don't really need or want your meditation on Princess Diana or the nature of fame. Cause that's essentially like the, the, the episode, the, the, like the thematicness of the episode is that like, it's all about like the nature of like fame and like what fame does to you and like how you are not a person anymore. But we're, we're back on Olivia and Fitz and um, Melly is like, out of the White House and he's divorced her like in in like the beginnings of divorce proceedings. We know that Olivia is evil because she's wearing a black or Olivia's mental state is that like she's just gonna do what she wants now and she's no longer wearing the white hat because through the whole episode she wears black in that she's just in her like evil girl bag, not like as if she wasn't before. Um mm-hmm. season five is probably the single most forgettable season of Scandal. I'm gonna just say it. Yeah, it is. And and yet it's probably the like most normal. Like <laughs> which is terrible. <laughs> yes, yes, it is terrible. <laughs> um so basically the big thing of season five is like Olivia through the power of her, her pussy is running the country and everybody and his mama is running a for president that's that's the first half is olivia running the white house and then the back half of season five is everybody and their mom is running for president susan ross is running melly is running this new person (laughs) frankie vargas a a new character played by i don't know his name i just know him as um uh gabrielle's husband carlos solis that's what i'm gonna call him from Desperate Yeah, that's Housewives. what I know him as too. We're terrible people. Like... We are terrible people. Um, but I love that actor. He's really great. Oh, and then um, Hollis Doyle is running, and Hollis is like, they've he's a he's President Trump essentially. It's wild that they, I forgot that that like they had just full on were writing um, Trump's uh, elect when he was being a uh, running for president. That's that's Hollis's character. He's now like. Uh, Donald Trump and so we've got all of that happening right he's like Trump plus gay minus sexual assault scandals <laughs> no he's like plus the plus the sexual assault scandals and the racism they write all of that in there oh shit I missed a lot um okay so I did find the actor who played Frankie Vargas his name is Ricardo Chavira so um thank you for your work and your contributions but they took this really great character who's like a legitimately good person but you know good people don't last long on this show y'all you knew better you knew he was gonna die right right (laughs) he was gonna get murdered he's gonna get murdered slave play was written for people in relationships like Olivia and Fitz I just mm. put that out there. Why would you say something controversial yet so true? I hate it. Like, don't. <laughs> oh, God. 
Do you remember? I think it was either in, in it was in previous seasons for sure where she compares their relationship to Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. I'm like, bitch, Sally was a slave. <laughs> like, why are you comparing it? And I remember at that point, everyone's like, oh my god, that's so powerful. But like rewatching it now, I'm like, maybe that's a sign you should break up with him and stop this. Like, because I mean, if, you- if you feel like you don't have any consent and agency here, you're yeah. definitely like Sally. Yeah. So from here on out. The plots are just convoluted and I don't really care about them. Um, But I think there are like essentially now going forward, um, what's I think what is interesting about Scandal will be these sort of um, moments that are touched on or just moments within certain episodes. So let's talk a talk a little little bit about like moments or like revelations from characters that, that are sort of touched on and, and that stuff is, is interesting. So let's talk a bit about this Olivia Fitz breakup that, that ultimately happens. Um, so first thing it's hilarious. Cause like Olivia, so Olivia like gets in the white house and she essentially is just coming and going as she pleases. And she's still working at OPA, but like, and she's just essentially just doing literally whatever she wants. Like she's she's having her cake and she's eating it too. So things come to a head with like an issue and or like but but it's just her now essentially. And she straight up admits that like she just wishes she was a side hoe again. Let's talk about it. Girl, listen, I said this on the last episode or I said it to you in private, but I'm going to repeat it again. Olivia Pope is allergic to happy. She don't want it. She wants no parts of it. She doesn't understand it. Like, as a concept, sure. In theory, sure. In practice, hell no. And I actually saw the beginning of the end of their relationship when they went public. You could tell she was scrambling to find the exit. Yeah, she's she's scrambling to find the exit. She She even says, like, it was better when there was three of us. Because she did all the, and uh, Olivia's referring to Melly because she's like, she did all this stuff that I didn't have to do. And I was like, <laughs> girl, what? But that's literally what Melly said in season one. Let's refresh right. the audience memory. <laughs> Melly literally said, do what you need to do to, to keep Fitz happy. Like, this is when we, we learned that Melly knew about their affair all along. And she didn't like it. But she appreciated that being with Olivia and being kept happy made Fitz the best president that he could possibly be. She she said this to Olivia, and then Olivia gets all offended, like, oh, my God, she knows I'm a mistress. I'm a whore. And it's like, girl, you should have just leaned into it. If you were trying to be a throuple, you could have had that. Right. And that's that's essentially what's interesting about the conversation, really, is that I'm like, it touches on this essentially idea of, like, um, this idea that they could have all been like this sort of polyamorous triad and that and I just wish they would have the show would have gone with that that's all it's interesting it's more interesting than than this it's way more interesting than this it's dumb and I hate that they're waiting till like season freaking five for like these characters to like have that revelation or for or for these characters to verbalize something that like honestly as an audience member I've kind of forgotten because you gave me these other seasons of like B613 or whatever. Like, I don't, I I just, it's, oh my God. So 
That's it. Okay, so there's a, a Christmas episode where Olivia and Fitz break up for real, for real this time. Scandal does something that is like, God, that I really, truly hate, that I'm really starting to dislike. So in the Christmas episode, the whole thing is, is like, Olivia had done something and essentially she has to live at the White House and be like, not the first lady, but the first girlfriend, essentially. And she ends up having to do all the shit that Melly used to do. And um, the, yeah, the way they write the episode is that, you know, she's showing kids around the White House and she's helping to plan dinners. And But the show treats it as like the worst thing that could ever happen to you in your whole freaking life as a woman is to like plan dinners and parties and, and do and think about floral arrangements and, and things like that, which I understand, right? Like, I mm-hmm. I guess in the context of the, the Olivia character, it makes sense. But I would really like to see shows, one, stop deeming quote-unquote women's work as unimportant or, like, the most degrading, debasing thing ever, because it's not. It's hard work. Um, it's important. I think what I would have liked them to do or something that I'd like shows to do more often is to really think about the way that like quote unquote women's work, whatever is actually like super important, how entertaining being, uh, being very uh, specific about stuff like this, about quote unquote women's work is essential to changing people's minds about policy or, or stuff like that, because that's real. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, people bring that up. People bring that up about how like, uh, in like in the real world of like if Obama had just invited some of these like racist Republican senators to dinner to the White House, maybe he could have gotten things pushed through. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is something that's real. Right. Right. Um, I agree with everything that you said about the way that these shows try to denigrate women's work. But I actually want to go back to the Melly character really quickly. Melly char- Melly is someone who's always had political ambitions. Right. That's why she got into this marriage with Fitch, which was an arranged political marriage, um, to basically pay her dues as a governor's wife and as a first lady before she could venture out on her own. She never complained about doing any of this stuff. And oh, she someone, does. I mean, well, she did complain, but <laughs> she did it. That's not that's the 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 she she complained more about Fitz not appreciating what she did than actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, Olivia in particular, doing what she does for a living, working with OPA and working with the kind of people that she works with, instead of fucking complaining, you could actually use this these opportunities to network and build relationships with potential future clients. Right. That's why all this stuff is cool and interesting is because like, yeah, this is where you built relationships. In fact, um, I would have loved if the Melly character, when she was ready to walk out on Fitz or like walk out on on whatever, I would have like something that would have made me, I think, root for that character more been like, she's that bitch, would have been like if the show all along had sort of said that through all these dinners and all these plannings and all these networking and all these and all this quote unquote women's work that she did that whole time she built relationships with important people and then leveraged each and every single one of them against Fitz and Olivia I would have been like yo you can't I've been like the baddest bitch the baddest Mm -hmm. well I agree fully with that 
Because that would have been interesting. And that would have made me be like, oh, yeah, like she really is like a formidable player. And and like I said, I just hated it because like I really hated it because the whole time they're like, I mean, the climax of the episode is like and the end of the second act is like in the Christmas episode is, is like, I cannot believe I've been sitting around talking about cookie recipes. I am the big dog. I talk about policy. I'm like, bitch, who's stopping you? <laughs> like, you don't think those other women, those other wives want to talk policy either? Like, you're it. it's actually you, bitch, because you're the one that's thinking less of them. You're doing exactly what men have done to Melly and what men have done to you. You're thinking less of them just because of, of nothing. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it just could have been handled so much better. Um, like I said, and like you said, there's tons of opportunities to network there. There's tons of connections. There's tons of power to be leveraged at all these galas and balls and, you know, public addresses, you know, Melly managed it well, but she never capitalized on it. And Olivia basically like ignored this these vital opportunities to grow OPA into something stronger. Because believe me, if I'm gonna get my name dragged through the mud for being your mistress, the least I'm gonna do is like benefit off the fringe benefits. Right. I'm gonna flip it. Um, so the episode ends with like Olivia getting an abortion. Um, it's aborting like Fitz's baby or whatever. And she, like, packs up her shit and leaves the White House. I don't care. Um, she didn't have to do either. Like, I... And this is the thing where you were saying last week, where the the show tries to be woke and fails. They tried to be woke in the Black Lives Matter episode and failed. And they tried to be woke in this episode where they're trying to present her having an abortion um, as, like, you know, this, like, huge pro-choice issue which it is she has a right to have it to to abort any fetus that she does not want but like how does it actually tie into the show at all that she would like that this would be like a choice the only choice that she would even consider she and Fitz have money they could have had a strong relationship if she just hung in there and I'm like so like there was never a, a reason given for where what was even going on in her head when she decided to have this abortion. Like, what was happening to you? Explain to us. I guess the, it's like, um, I guess that's the point. It's like, she doesn't need one. But like, I hear what you're saying. And I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't need a reason, fine. But give me something to at least um, endear me to the Olivia character. Because the Olivia character honestly started losing me season two, where, like, she was a protagonist that I felt was deeply unrelatable. You could pull it back so easily with something as simple as, my parents are really fucked up people. I can't make having no child around them. Okay, sis, I get it. <laughs> real. Fair. That's real. Yeah, don't blame it on this bum relationship that you just are bad at. Um... Post-fits, Olivia goes running to Rowan because, of course, she does. And I do think something good that this show, that this season did, is that, like, they really showed how, like, Olivia and her and Rowan are are basically the same person. But she still sort of uh, suffers under the weight of him. Oh, and then Olivia kills Andrew this season in that really terrible episode that I hate. 
Right. I've said this. I've said earlier how I feel about them really assassinating the Andrew character because, like, they circa Melly's Melly's rape. She was he was the only person she could confide in. They were having this great, beautiful relationship, but the show doesn't want Melly to be happy, and so they needed a reason to take the Andrew character out. So he and Elizabeth North set up this kidnapping, and then when he is being held in the bunker. And he calls Olivia all kinds of bitches and whores. She bludgeons him to death with a chair. Yeah. And, and he's in a wheelchair when this is happening, by the way. Oh, man. Yes. Listen, um, this I could have done without. I'm going to just say that. Completely done without this. Um, I'm, it was very jarring. And I know that you want to showcase Olivia's inner savage. But fun fact, you've already done that. What, make Oliv- what makes Olivia and Rowan so great as antagonists is that they never directly get their hands dirty. Right. And it's like season five, the whole thing of the season five is like Olivia's evil now, which once again, dumb because she's been evil. But like, it's like she's the most, she's like, I guess, embracing her dark side or whatever. The killing of Andrew is supposed to be like the ultimate thing. And then, and this is what I'm talking about again. The fact that like he suffered a stroke, the Andrew character has suffered a stroke. He's in a wheelchair. He's talking crazy to her and she bludgeons him to death. Once again, it's, it's shocking writing for shocking sake. There, It doesn't do anything. It doesn't further the plot. I'm not like, I don't, there's no insight <laughs> that I'm finding. It's just to be there. Right. So after she kills Andrew, there's like a scene where she's talking about how like her mental, how like she's now forever changed now that she's actually killed somebody, even though she is directly responsible for murdering lots of people now. She talks about, there's a scene and she's like, I'm not looking for a therapist. And I'm like, bitch, you need to be. <laughs> Girl, listen. Nobody needs it more. Season five ends with Cyrus, basically. Cyrus has been manifesting. He's been growing. He's been, you know, shoving off old insecurities. And he essentially agrees to be Frankie Vargas's um, running mate. And that's how the season ends. And then... Frankie is wholesale killed. Cyrus is essentially um, now gets to be president because Frankie won or something. Yeah. So season five, um, what's your grade? This was beyond basic. I'm sorry. It's bad. You know what? It is bad. It is bad. I need to stop. I need to stop sugarcoating this shit. It's bad. It's really (laughs) bad. You guys, it's the worst season like season five and season seven are the worst. We'll get to how bad season seven is in a minute, but this is so fucking bad. It's bad. Like it's a wholesale bad. Like there are moments. I think all the Olivia and Fitz stuff. I think if that had come in season three, season five, and I don't even care about these people anymore, makes it bad. I mean, good things out of season five, the Abby Fitz friendship is actually really great. I hated um, David, like, manipulating Susan because she didn't deserve. All right, let's jump right into season six then. Um, season six, Fra- Frankie just was just announced the winner. The Democrats won the presidential election. 
and he is smiling and waving with his family when he is killed. And like Alex said, as his VP, that automatically means that Cyrus is president, except Cyrus is, has been arrested as chief suspect for the murder of Frankie Vargas. So whoops. (laughs) Um, The best acting, the absolute best acting from Jeff Perry, who plays Cyrus Bean, can be found in season six. And that's saying a lot because everybody brings their A-game on this show. But when he's incarcerated for this murder and trying to convince us that he didn't do it and had no parts in it, um, man, I was riveted. (laughs) Real, real. Um... No, he's like that incarceration episode in particular is is a standout um in something truly special. Okay, Olivia is an op for poisoning the relationship between Marcus and Melly. Like she's such a op. Ooh, honey, I hated to see it. I'm just telling you, <laughs> um, every time she gets a man, she gets some she gets it's not even dick. It's the the promise of some dick. It's it's ruined. It's ruined. And and it's always it's ruined. ruined for her own good, quote unquote. Olivia's also an op again because there's a dark skinned girl who's like, hey, like the president, can I hit that? Like, cause I know he was your boyfriend. And Olivia's like, sure. And then she fucks it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe, wasn't it in the same season? Correct me if I'm wrong, because season six and seven a blur a bit for me. Wasn't it in the same season that there was like uh a leader of a Middle Eastern nation that Melly starts developing feelings for and Olivia has dude assassinated? Oh, that's, no, that's season seven. Oh, season seven. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. But, like, basically, Melly is just supposed to to be single for quote-unquote feminism. That's Olivia's, like, mindset. You need to be the strong single woman because you're the first woman president, so you got to do it, sis. (sighs) Let's talk briefly about how Melly became came to be president in the first place. As we said, Frankie and Cyrus and the Democrats won. Cyrus is carted off to prison. I actually start to believe Cyrus when he says, I had nothing to do with this. Even knowing what I know about Cyrus from season one till now, he's suffering, he's scared. And I really believe him when he says, I had nothing to do with this assassination. Come to find out, um, he didn't have Frankie murdered. He just talked Frankie's wife into murdering him so that because she has Jackie O um, aspirations of being like the president's widow and getting shit done. Right. Um, right. I think the reason why I'm interested in this assassination plot in particular is because that big reveal that Cyrus did have something to do with it. I was like, okay, so you're really not going to switch him up. You're going to keep him on brand for the duration. Thank you for giving us consistency with at least one person. What I didn't like about it, though, was the fact that he he did it indirectly because I really don't feel like you could you could talk someone's wife, especially a, like a, a Latina, into doing this to her husband, especially someone she has children with. Like it wasn't believable for me that he managed to convince Frankie's wife to do this thing. Right, and she's not developed enough for us to like as an audience to to get on board with that. Right, right. It, like, it just, it comes out of nowhere. Y'all really could have just got Melly nominated and let that be that. And I feel like the show kind of tarnishes her presidency over the fact that she'd never really won. Right. Um, she, yeah, she didn't win for real. And then I think, and we'll talk about it, I guess, in a minute. And then when 
it's time for her to give it back to Sire. She's like, fuck you. Oh, there's a whole Maya comes back in a in another like really convoluted plot that doesn't make any sense to me. She's like, I don't know, she's doing like terrorist stuff, so they gotta like capture her. And it's a whole B613 thing. The gag is they're all doing terrorist stuff. Right. <laughs> like I'm just like, is this I'm like, is it any more terrorist than like you staging a coup for like the presidency? Like, what is like what's the line? Like, what are we doing? What like where are we at? Mm. Right. And then like uh Rowan manipulates fits into reinstating B613, and then Olivia swoops in and becomes command season six. That's like the major thing. She becomes command. At the end of season six on network, like your hundredth episode is like a big deal. You lasted a hundred episodes and there's usually stuff and there's usually like syndication and more money and all this good stuff that comes with your hundred episode. It's like a milestone. It, like when a TV show reaches it. Um, so for the hundredth episode, it's, we get like a alternate reality episode, which I always enjoy. Always love a good alt reality episode. Um, of like, what would happen if Olivia just had, you know, let Fitz lose? <laughs> it never did any of this. Um, basically, this bitch would still be unhappy. Right. Now, I generally, there's two types of episodes that I generally don't like on TV shows. I generally don't like musical episodes. And I don't like alternate reality episodes. But I will say this. The alternate reality episode on Scandal was actually really great for the reasons you stated. We know definitively that Olivia is allergic to happy, like I've been saying. (laughs) And number two, I think it gives us a more likable portrayal of pretty much everybody. Um, These people that are not out here um, making backroom deals and planning to assassinate folks actually likable or at least relatable people so because b613 wasn't enough and rowan and command wasn't enough and this show just felt like what if there was like another organization besides b613 because we have run out of ideas of what to do in the white house we are introduced to this person called payas and they are somebody payas and he is part of like an organization called the electors and they are like way scarier than b613 and we find out that they are actually the ones that command command i, um, I can't even i absolutely agree that the show was running out of material i think the scandal honestly truly believe this it went off the rails very early beginning of season two the show went off the rails um, it's like one of those those um, 16 car pileups on the freeway. Everybody slows down to watch with fascination and it clogs up traffic. Each season that goes by makes less and less sense. And the only reason season six was bearable for me was because it was slightly better than season five. I mean, by now, every time Rowan has a monologue, anytime anybody does those big, long monologues, I'm just, ex- I'm totally exhausted. I'm sighing. I'm just like, oh, my God, make this stop. (laughs) Like, I'm very not into any of it. Like, it it wears. All all the things of the show that I think were staples and interesting and and hallmarks in previous seasons become very, very weary once you get to season six. 
Yeah, we're exhausted of the same plot points being recycled and becoming more convoluted instead of actually resolved. And I think that's my biggest issue. What is truly resolved in Scandal? See, that's an excellent question because I, I don't know that I can tell you. So I was talking with one of our mutuals and they were insisting to me that this was a, a great show. And I was like, absolutely not. He was saying that the show is ultimately about power and like what it takes to keep power and like what it takes to be powerful and the nature of it. And I'm thinking on it and I was really thinking on it. I think the show wants to be about those things, but ultimately it isn't because it doesn't have anything to say and it doesn't say anything. And a big part of it not saying anything is exactly what we're talking about in these map and all of this drama and shocking moments and wanting to be woke moments it doesn't say anything because there is no resolution really to anything right this is absolutely the series equivalent of the person who talks a lot but doesn't say much <laughs> right yes this yes absolutely because like, what 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 point are you trying to make what are you saying here what is the goal what is the end game what is the focal point what is the moral of the story we don't know <laughs> i have no clue i can't tell you even the sort of series finale of this show olivia is ultimately deified <laughs> in the museum like so what the fuck like what so what so what did we do what happened <laughs> Right, right, right. Well, really okay. quick, really quick, before we get on to season seven, because I'm, I'm, I'm dying to just get this over with. <laughs> what is, what is our grade on season six? Good, bad, or basic? It's terrible. It's bad. I would give it a a bad plus. I don't think it was as bad as season five. Um, a bad plus. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bad. Listen, it's, it's, it's a difference between a D minus and an F here. <laughs> <laughs> listen i don't think it was and honestly it was because of all the b613 stuff and i think if we want to talk about power and how power corrupts a person's um character rowan is a better depiction of that than the olivia character because olivia wants all things at once olivia wants normalcy and she wants fame she wants power but she doesn't want accountability and that's her character's problem season six ends with like Maya is like in the hospital and Olivia and Fitz like, I don't know, have this romance. I don't know. Is it romantic? I don't know. I don't care. I do not care. Olivia point blank murders Luna Vargas, but she poisons her. Olivia is command. And we know this because once again, she is in like a big black dress. The way she murders Luna Vargas was savage as fuck too. Cause Luna knew that her drink was poisoned and she's like, listen, we're going to kill you. You can either do this or you can humiliate your family and humiliate your children. But right. you're going to die regardless. So just go ahead and drink this, sis. And I'm like, damn, homie. <laughs> 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 There's a lot happening there. Season seven is probably the most forgettable season after season five. And one of the worst as well. Girl, at season seven, I just wanted to take a nap. <laughs> like, <laughs> when we finally got here... I was like, whew, I want to sleep. Back at it again. Um, all I remembered from season seven before I, I did my quick little rewatch was that there was a How to Get Away with Murder crossover episode. 
girl, we'll get to it. So really quick, in season seven, um, Melly starts having sex with this uh, Middle Eastern president from Bashran. Yeah. Wait, they, they, they hadn't they hadn't had sex. Well, like they don't have. Oh, well, sorry, it's an emotional affair. It's like emotional. She she wants to fuck, but she doesn't. Melly's never allowed to ha- get any dick. You guys, just putting that out there. But okay, but the whole thing is like I don't even want to like bring it up because like the whole thing was like cringe and trash, particularly because like the whole episode is like he leaves the country, and while he's gone, everybody like they stage a coup and they're like, "Don't come back." <laughs> mm. And they're like, you left, we let you leave, but like, now we've taken over the country, don't come back. And then the whole, and the rest of the episode is them trying to like reinstate him. And I'm like, listen, I really want us as black people to divest from imperialism. Let's stop. (laughs) And I'm supposed to be invested in it. And I guess this is a very like 2020, like this is deep 2020 energy, but the whole thing is they're like... How are we going to, like, for... And, like, they're talking about we need to send military options to this country to, like, force them to take back this president. I'm like, I think his country's made a decision. Give this man some asylum and let him live out the rest of his life in America. Like, why are we trying to reinstate people that, like, this country doesn't want? Well, like, even if you, you were fucking with imperialism heavy... If I cared about someone as a leader, why would I send you back to a country that doesn't want you when that's literally like a guaranteed ass- assassination attempt that you're walking into? Right. And the whole thing is like, and that's part of it. They're like, how do we get him back without without uh, anybody like wanting, like killing him? I'm like, you don't. So how about you just stop? But you got to convince the savages that you know what's best for them, obviously. <laughs> Oh, I hate it. Like they pretty much that's pretty much what they said um in these highbrow terms. Like these people are just like they're resisting democracy. They don't know what true freedom is. We gotta force freedom down their throats, you guys. You mean people want the right to like self-determination of their own will and choices? Gee golly whiz, who knew? The crossover episode was terrible. Now, really quickly, we're not going to review How to Get Away with Murder yet. It's not on our docket because I believe this season or the next season will be the last. I like the way it's set up because you're strung along from episode to episode, but you're not really strung along from season to season. You do get some closure at the end of each season, and they introduce a new drama as a cliffhanger to pique your interest for the next season. With the How to Get Away with Murder crossover episode, I feel like we saw Annalise at her very worst, and we saw, ironically, Olivia at her very best. We're never going to get an Olivia that is this relatable or this in the right as we do get in the crossover episode. So the whole episode is, well, Annalise is like working with Fitz, because Fitz is like passionate about her cause of like prison reform. And Fitz then goes to Olivia to be like, hey, like I need you to work this thing so that Annalise can get in front of now President Melly Grant to, to, to get this bill along so that we can change, get true prison reform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the episode. 
Uh, Aja Naomi King is in this. She's very cute. And Olivia at first is resistant. She doesn't want to take the case because Olivia's like, this is bum. I don't want to do this. But she decides to ultimately... I just think it's wild how the white Republican um, from a trust fund family had to talk a black woman into being passionate about prison reform. And so many times Fitz is like either the voice of reason or the moral center. And I'm like, yo, just how broken is the Olivia character? (laughs) But then it's also like you, that was something like you, you've already said that you don't want to do that. (laughs) Like, cause that's what he was in first season. He was like sort of the moral center of their group. And that was like the whole thing was that like Fitz is super moral, but, um, you guys like the show tossed that out the window, like two seasons ago. So like, now you want to bring it back? Like what's happening? The whiplash. Is this the season or was season six, a season where they did like the Olivia intervention? It's this season. That was like another, like really useless subplot. I found like lock her up in the house that she didn't want to live in that fits both for her for like a weekend so that she can get her mind. Right. Ultimately. Um, Melly is like, don't put the bill forward or like don't go through with the case because she said the courts are bad. They both go to like a beauty shop, like a hair salon, Olivia and Elise, to get their hair done. And there is a conversation that happens between Olivia and Annalise. And basically Annalise is like, you don't understand because you're rich and you've always been rich and it explores, I guess, the divide between them. But not in any way that's truly interesting, which sucks. Right. And then the this conversation, confrontation, and what have you, it doesn't leave us with any sort of sense of fulfillment or, like, healing at all. Because then Olivia just turns around and is like, well, people just don't like you because you're a bully. And so... Annalise is is reverted back to that angry, bitter, dark-skinned woman trope that she is that she has pushed on her um, via the writing and how to get away with murder, because this is how everyone on that show treats her as well. Yeah, it would have been nice for them to like come to some sort of middle ground. Like it would have been nice for Olivia to in that moment to be like, "Fuck!" Like, yeah, you're kind of right. Olivia doesn't even want to try to get to the heart of why. Annalise behaves the way that she does because she feels triggered by Annalise's very accurate assessment of her. I don't know that it happens in the salon, but it would have been nice for maybe Olivia feeling a sense of superiority about herself. Maybe she takes Annalise out to like a really nice dinner and she sort of flexes on her with like, you know, the way she can pronounce really expensive French wines and pays for the dinner and like all of this stuff. And maybe she does like make a comment or two towards her that makes that where she assumes like Annalise is stupid. And then because they've been drinking or whatever, Annalise finally like comments on it. And then maybe like in a, in a car ride back or something like in the dark and the quiet, Olivia does have that moment of like, yeah, you're right. So one of the other major subplots in the season is that Quinn is pregnant with Charlie's baby and they're about to be married, but she's kidnapped before her wedding. Olivia finds out that Eli slash Rowan took her and basically is like, well, I'm not going to give you what she wants. So go ahead and kill that girl. 
And her, she believes that her father does and just like keeps her mouth shut about the fact that she believes Quinn is dead. But Eli's actually a better person than Olivia and did not kill the pregnant woman. <laughs> like the purpose of why Rowan does it is like he's trying to wake Olivia up to the fact that Olivia's gone down this deep, like this evil path or whatever. But I'm like, ugh. Right. But he like, he literally gave that girl a choice. He's like, step down from this. Or I'm going to kill your friend. She's like, do what you got to do, dad. Bye. <laughs> so we talked earlier about how Cyrus is like the rightful president or something. And when Melly found out Mel and, and Olivia brought it to Melly's attention, Melly was like, go fuck yourself. I'm president. I don't even know what that means. David gets marked. That's yeah, right. David dies. Okay. David, who was like, the actual real moral center of this show and had survived seven whole seasons. And now they kill him. I was not only sad to see him go, I was a little bit distressed that this is how he went out. And then everybody acts like they're so sad about David's death, but like everybody was so mean to him. Rowan, Olivia, and Huck, and... um some others like get in front of like Congress and they're testifying to all of their crimes and stuff. And we know that uh, Olivia's good now because she's wearing white again. Because uh, that's all it takes to be a better person. Change your wardrobe. And then Melly is still president, I guess somehow. I don't remember how Jake goes straight to prison and the final image of the show, at least Marcus gets wifed up, though, to, like, the first boyfriend. So good for him. The final image of the show is these two young Black girls looking at um, a portrait of Olivia in the White House. Why she has one, who knows? But she did get, like, a big portrait and they're both looking, two young blackers looking up to Olivia like, yes, the one day that will be me. Uh, it's supposed to be reminiscent of, I think, the Michelle Obama, like the picture. There was like a picture that circulated that was really viral of two young black girls like looking up to Michelle Obama and pointing at it. So it's supposed to be a callback to that. But my God. I was so disgusted. Olivia ain't no Michelle. <laughs> I just... And that's and that's what we're like, yeah, like little black girls, don't you want to be just like Olivia when you grow up? No. No, I don't want my daughter to be like Olivia. Olivia's a terrible role model. She's a She's terrible a person. Terrible. She's a terrible friend. <laughs> I think hell? I would be I would be distraught. Like if I had a daughter and they grew up to be like Olivia, I don't know that I could reconcile. I would go, I would become a, I might like drink over that. I might become an alcoholic over it. Like I could see myself like in my mm-hmm. old age, just being like, ugh, I don't want to think about this. I think we're supposed to like DFI live in that way because she's supposed to be a quote unquote strong, modern feminist woman. But listen, I'd rather have my kid putting out a baby a year barefoot and pregnant than turn out like Olivia Pope. <laughs> I would rather. <laughs> I would same. I'd rather her be like every ugly stereotype, every sort of egg, other egg, ugly stereotype of like black womanhood than to be like Olivia Pope. 
I would rather that. Ooh, I, I'm okay. so distressed. I'm but what's, distressed. What's interesting to me is that Jake ends up being in prison because Jake goes to prison. But like literally every person he killed was on Rowan, Olivia, or uh, Fitz's orders. Right. So I need every, I need that, I need the cells to be packed because Cyrus needs to be there with him. Olivia needs to be there. Fitz needs to be there. Eli needs to be there. Um, let's be real. Huck is is nice or whatever, and Charlie's, like, friendly or whatever. But Charlie and Huck need to be in prison, too. Tom is there, right? He was another B613 agent. Did Tom kill more people than the three of y'all did? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He sure didn't. The only person that people that shouldn't be in jail by the end of that show should have been Abby and Melly. But even Melly, Melly's like did some very questionable things. Um, or she was like an accessory to some really questionable things. I will say that there's something somebody on I remember somebody on when the series finale finally aired, somebody on Twitter did say, and I forget who, I'm sorry, a person. They did say that, like, Scandal started ahead of its time and then ended behind its time, and that's true. I do remember that, and I do remember that feeling that by the time the seventh season came around, everybody was like, what? Like, what are we doing? I definitely agree with that. Um, it's it, it ended, it started at a time, like, literally right before, before you could have shows like this that um, didn't have a real message or didn't have real themes that they were grappling with. Um, but usually when I finish a series, I feel happy. I feel sad. I feel relief. I feel joy. When this show ended, I just felt empty. Like I'd wasted a lot of my time. Yeah. I was just like, I was just happy it was over. This is, but I do think this is also just one of the shows that we talked about. It just aired at the exact right time. Um, I think if you tried to do Scandal again, Scandal might actually benefit probably more now in the sense of like you wouldn't have to fill like a 22 episode order mm. and um so you could have you could just have 10 episodes um and make them really tight although that first season is still mm. yikes but like <laughs> lest we forget <laughs> that first season is still something to be desired but it's much less than what the subsequent seasons ended up being. Right. And even if the other seasons were just as bad, if there are fewer episodes, it's less exhausting to watch. <laughs> I think if we're going to redo Scandal, um, then we have to do it with the specific rewrites that you and I have talked about for the duration of this review. Um, certain things... Now, if you release a show right now, we can't sleep under the rug anymore. True. Um, also, like, you've got to... And maybe, you know what? Scandal could have been more exciting if you do have a show called Scandal. And then you have a show called B613. And then maybe those shows cross over. The show could have done a lot of things better, but despite the myriad writing mistakes made, it still managed 124 episodes. Truly a feat. I absolutely agree with you that the show came out at just the right time. So what is your grade on season seven before it's we go any further? bad. <laughs> it's, well, like, it's, okay, it's not, it's basic. Here. 
It's basic minus. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with bad. I think I think we went past basic once we passed season four. And that was hard for me. Like, but yeah, this is I think this is bad. My overall grade for the show is not good, bad, or basic. It's needs work. This is like if I were an editor at a publishing house and someone gave this to me as a manuscript. I'll be like, needs work because this, this, this reads, this all looks like a first draft. Yeah, it just needs, it needs tighter edits. It needs to be more cohesive. And listen, like I said, there's, there's, there's brilliance in there. There really is. There's a lot in there, a lot of ideas that um, are very interesting and, and, stuff that's really cool it just needs to it needs cuts it needs cuts and it needs edits yeah it needs lots of editing um and i i think i think maybe this is what it all boils down to these writers have these great ideals but very poor execution you know you, you are definitely looking to twitter to pad and feed your story ideals and plot concepts um all of this looks like the first draft that someone put out or put out and they're like film it Put it to the presses. Yeah. They were like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, and there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the back half of Scandal good, bad, basic, and addictive. If you'd like to check the series, Scandal is currently streaming over on Netflix. And it's also free on the Vudu and Tubi apps. Please leave your comments below and let us know what you thought of the series. If you're a GBB patron on our top two tiers... Be sure to check out our Scandal Spotify playlist if you haven't already. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in next week when we'll be discussing the first three seasons of Netflix's political drama, House of Cards. The episode goes live next Thursday. In the meantime, we have a special treat for our top tier patrons. Alex and I have invited Sarah and Essie of the Bitches on Comics podcast, a podcast dedicated to spreading the love of comics and making them accessible to everyone, to GGB to discuss the 2017 blockbuster Wonder Woman and one of the most complicated comic book characters of all time. The movie review goes live this Saturday. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at Good Bad Basic Pod on Twitter and Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time. Bye, everyone.